Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? It's good for us, I tell you. Amen. It's, uh, we've been watching by TV. You can go ahead and give the Lord some uh, acclamation of praise this morning. It's good to be back with you. It feels like I have a new job. So um, it's my first day preaching back, it feels like. So thanks for, uh, for Mike. Uh, we're so blessed with, with ministers in the, in the church that uh, God is able to get his word out through the, through the preaching of his word. And so if my voice changes today, up and down, I'm not going through puberty. I'm just fully recovering, so getting my voice back. So let's go to the book of John. And we, still, we this whole series is called Meet Jesus. That's the whole series we're in. And John had this whole grand scheme of things is to introduce not just the Jewish people, not just the Roman people, not just the Greek people, but the whole world to Jesus. As a matter of fact, let me give you a summary of John. I could read this and say amen and let's close, but I'm a Baptist preacher and I can't do that. But let me give you the summary. If you want to see the summary of what John was, why did he even write the gospel? We know that he was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but why did he write it? Go all the way back to almost to the end of the chapter of book, John chapter 20. Mark it in your Bible. If someone says, well, why does the gospels, the gospels, you can actually read this one. John wrote his purpose, John 20, and go to verse 30, if you would. John 20, 30, and 31. John says this, you there say amen. John says this, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, or the Messiah, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So what's the purpose? John's whole purpose was, was for you and me, anyone who reads the word of God, to meet Jesus. And not just to meet him, how do you do? To have a love relationship with him, to actually to engage into a relationship with holy God through his son, Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, if you've been in church any part of your life, and not everyone has, we understand that, but if you've been in church any part of your life, what is the number one Bible verse that we all were taught to memorize? We were rewarded if we memorized this verse. Does anybody know? John 3.16, and let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John was trying to communicate through the power of the Holy Spirit that God had a plan for every person's life that was living. If you're here today, God has a plan for your life. You say, well, my job doesn't allow me to do uh, Christian work. Yes, it does. We just think these are holy hands. I don't care if you're changing oil. I don't care if you're taking out the trash. I don't care if you're a homemaker. It doesn't matter if you're retired. Whatever you do, you can do it as unto the Lord. That's how we deliver our lives. So John takes us there. He takes us to the place, hey, I want you to meet Jesus. As a matter of fact, he didn't do like Matthew. Matthew goes back and gives a genealogy of Jesus' lineage, showing that he was back to the king. Luke does a little bit of a different thing. He goes back, says he goes all the way back to, not just Abraham, all the way back to Adam. And then John takes us somewhere that the other gospel writers don't take us. He takes us where? Look at John 1.1. 1, 1. That's not our scripture today, but look at John 1.1. 1, 1. Where does John take you and me so that we might understand and meet this Jesus? He takes us all the way back to the beginning. And he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
your Jehovah Witness friends are those who are uh, they call themselves the Jehovah Witness, and we are Jehovah's Witnesses, by the way. Did you know that? Because Jehovah is our God, and we are his witness. They took our title. But those people who call themselves that knock on the door, Kingdom Hall people, and they'll come in and give you this verse and say, no, 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 he was a God. Our, our translators have a better translation. Ask them who their translators are, and they won't give you their names because it's a poor translation. They, they read it this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. It's a false translation. It's a false doctrine. If you know anyone who's from Kingdom Hall, those people are not saved. They're, they're a cult, and they lead people far from God. You say, well, that offends me. Good, because hopefully you'll look into the Word of God for yourself and see that, listen, God said through John that Jesus is God. Is that confusing for you at all? Because when I was a kid, it was always God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I never could tie those. We got three gods. That's what I thought as a kid. The Lord said in the Old Testament, know you Israel, right? There is but one God, right? And then I realized that, hey, God is a little bit different than me. God can manifest himself, and there's three true personages of, of the Godhead. There's but one God, God the Father. He shows himself strong and mighty over all things. Even Jesus said, I'll ask the Father, right? Our Muslim friends will say, well, see, he submitted himself to the Father. It's because God was trying to demonstrate to us that there is actually, listen, a Godhead, and there's a chain of command, and there's an order to his creation. Jesus was not created, you'll find out, because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What is John saying? Is John saying that Jesus is God? The answer is... Yes. And John 3, 16, if we go back to remember it, for God so loved the world. What he's trying to tell you is I came to the earth because the Bible says in Matthew, his name shall be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. God came from heaven to earth. He was born of a virgin. He lived a normal life. He was 100% God and 100% man. I'm getting ahead of myself because you'll, you'll see this as we go through the book of John. The book of John is the most theologically rich book, I guess, besides of the book of Romans. But John's going to speak to the Holy Spirit and tell us, tell you and tell me, this is Jesus. I want you to meet the real Jesus. Not what everybody else is saying. Not what grandma says if grandma's not of the truth, right? There's grandmas. Unfortunately, there's grandmas and grandpas. And there's moms and dads that says, well, I heard when I was a kid, and they pass on wives' tales and old fables instead of the Word of God. You cannot pass on the Word of God until you put the Word of God inside of you. You got nothing to say. All you have is fairy tales, and you have myths and things that you heard when you were younger. And this is what my grandma taught, my uncle taught me, my pastor taught me this. It's time to quit listening to everybody else and all the noise and listen to the very Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus is God. Amen? That should be a big amen right there. Let me try it again. In the beginning was Jesus, and this is before the beginning because the beginning had to have somebody who created the beginning, and we're going to see who did that because the Bible tells us. In the beginning was the Word, who is Jesus, the Word was with God, and Jesus is God. He was God. He is God. Hebrews 13, 8, put that in your notes. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So does Jesus ever change? Let me say it again. Does Jesus ever change? He cannot. He's immutable. He's unchangeable. There is nothing about the Godhead can change. God is God. So look, John's trying to tell us, hey, I want you to meet 
this Jesus. He's going to go through, and obviously I don't want to recap what Mike already preached through, but he introduces us as the eternal God. He introduces us in verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. If he made everything, what do we call him? Jesus. We call him the creator. Where do we get our rights from? When we talk about our Bill of Rights, our Constitution, we get our rights, our inalienable rights from our creator. So where does America get their rights from, the American people? It's from Jesus Christ himself. Where does the American people get salvation from? It's from Jesus Christ himself. Y'all catching on what I'm trying to say? Where do we get eternal life from? Jesus Christ himself. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone. Through Jesus and Jesus alone. Well, let's read. Well, let's jump down. Actually, John's introduced. I heard Mike introduce him. By the way, Mike put me to sleep. I actually fell asleep on the couch while Mike was preaching. That's a good thing. Mr. George, if y'all remember, some of the older members remember Mr. George. He said, Pastor, that was probably the best message I've ever heard in my life. He, he fell out after church. He just sat back there where Al Cubbage is sitting, and, and Mr. George just fell in the seat. They took him out, and the nurses got him laid on the floor, and they checked his pulse, and he, we thought he was dead. He's passed on now, but we thought he was dead here at church. And, and then he come to and he goes, Pastor, he's laying on the floor looking up at me. That was the best message I've ever heard in my life. I was like, why would you say that? He said, because most pastors just put me to sleep. You almost killed me. <laughs> so he was a comedian and he's always laughing. And, but um, he was, man, was full of laughter and joy and, and made us smile all the time. So uh, I don't want to put you to sleep nor kill you today, but I do want you to see uh, Mike put me to sleep, just so you know. That, uh, but I was sick, so Mike, uh, thank you for, the, for what you did bring, that doctrinal message you brought. So Mike introduced you a couple weeks or a week ago, I've lost track of time, to John. The writer of the Gospel of John is none other than the son of Zebedee. Who's his brother? Do y'all know his brother? James, right? And so John is the son of Zebedee, but he's also, Jesus gave them a nickname. What was their nickname in the English? Sons of Thunder. And John, in the gospel, you'll see, he gives himself a nickname. He'll say, I am the apostle or the disciple that Jesus loved. Now, did Jesus love all his disciples? He did. But John had a special bond, and John was on the inner circle. Remember, Jesus had those three that he would always, he would, he would do those extra special things. The Mount of Transfiguration, the healing of, of the, the young lady from her death. It was always three guys. Who was it? Peter, James. And John, that somehow you say, well, that shows favoritism. Well, God made a choice, and you can argue with Jesus when you get to heaven, okay? All those who want to be fair and give everybody a trophy, get over it, right? And God had these men who were dedicated. They were spirited men who were dedicated to following him. Now, they, did they have errors? Yes. They wanted to call fire down from heaven and kill all the Samaritans. This is the same John. He was a real man. He was a fisherman. He was a man's man. He wasn't some pansy mansy man walking around going, I'm the disciple Jesus loved. He's saying it with boldness because he has confidence that Jesus loves him and he knew that he had actually walked with him for three years and now he saw the resurrected Lord and now under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he writes these words and think of a man's man, a fisherman, a man who was very tough, rugged man who was called one of the sons of thunder. That sounds like a biker gang, doesn't it? And one of the sons of thunder, he was passionate, 
He was strong, and he spoke for the Lord Jesus Christ. And here he speaks. He's saying, I'm trying to get you to meet Jesus, the one that I'm in love with, the one that loved me. He's trying to get us to fall in love with Jesus. But he, John, the son of Zebedee, turns and he writes. We're going to go to verse 19. He writes about John the Baptist, two different men. John, the writer, the apostle, wrote the gospel of John. He's writing about Jesus, but he also is writing about John because John was part of the master plan that God had to get the word out. He wanted him to go before him. He was a forerunner. Some of you have a Toyota forerunner. This was John. He was going before, he was actually going before the master. He wants us to introduce. So John, the apostle, son of Zebedee, is introducing me and you to John the Baptist, who's, anybody want to know his daddy's name? Zacharias, that's right. He was the one that was actually born a miraculous birth, six months older than the Lord Jesus. And if we look carefully, he was a relative of Jesus. He was six months older. He was Elizabeth, was his mother. He was born, because remember Mary ran to Elizabeth and said, even the, the baby within, Elizabeth said, the baby within me has leaped. And the Bible says he was full of the Holy Spirit from birth. You say, well, how can God do that? Ask him when you get to heaven, okay? I'm just a pastor. I'm not God. I just trust his word. Amen? So what do we see? Let's jump to verse 19. Now, this is the testimony of John. This is John the Baptist, okay? John the Apostle writing about John the Baptist. Now, this is the testimony of John the Baptist when the Jews sent out priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. I'm not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? They thought the Old Testament Elijah had come. He said, I am not Elijah. Are you the prophet? I am not the prophet. And he answered no to these things. I am not. Then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? Here's what John said. I want you to see this because the whole series is about meeting Jesus. What is John going to do? He's going to, if you will, take him by the proverbial hand and say, listen, I want to bring you up here and tell you what I'm, who I am. I was prophesied about who I am. God's revealed it to me. And I want you to introduce you to somebody. His name is Jesus, the Lamb of God. You see what happens? John's bringing the two things together as if you were putting an extension cord into their Lack of energy, lack of knowledge. John connects the cord to them, says, okay, let me show you where the power source is, and he's going to plug it in. You ever done that? Has anyone ever plugged a, a bad plug into a, a socket and uh, got a little bit of a, a zinger to you? Anybody ever done that? Raise your hand if you've ever done that. I would encourage you, kids, uh, if it looks raggedy, don't plug it in the wall. Don't stick forks and metal objects in the outlets. You will get shocked, and you might even die. But you'll find out where the power comes from, won't you? If you stick a raggedy old outlet in, I mean, a plug-in outlet, you'll find out the power comes from the outlet. So imagine the multitudes, imagine the Pharisees, imagine the messengers. They're all saying, who are you, John? And John said, I'm trying to tell you who I am. I'm the messenger. I'm the one that's shouting in the wilderness. I'm trying to get you connected to the power source so that you might know Jesus, not just meet him, you might know Jesus and live forever. John's trying to tell us and trying to tell the people of his time, listen, there's this man called Jesus. So what does John say about himself? I'm not Elijah. I'm not the prophet. I'm not the Christ. Then they said to him, who are you? And he's going to say this in verse 23, I am 
The voice of one, I like the Amplified Version, it says the voice of one shouting in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, those dirty old Pharisees. Here we go again, right? And the Sadducees will come later, you'll see. The Pharisees believed in angels and resurrection. The Sadducees didn't believe there was a resurrection. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in eternal life. They believed you just died and went to dirt. That's why we call them sad UCs, right? And that's not the reason, but that's, that's what we call them. It's an easy way to remember them. And they ask him, saying, Then why do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered and said to them, I baptize with water, but there, one stand, there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethabara, or Bethany, your Bible might say, beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. Verse 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now John's six months older than Jesus. Why would he say that he was before me? Because it's been revealed to him that he is the son of God, that he was creator God, that he is eternal God who was not even created. He didn't have a starting point. He's always existed. That's what goes back to John 1.1. He was in the beginning. Well, how'd you get to the beginning? Because God was there. Well, did God start at Genesis 1.1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Is that when God started? The answer is no. He's always existed. He eternally past and eternally future, God has always existed. You say, well, I don't understand that. Put in your notes, ask God when I get to heaven. Mortal men can't explain that to you. There can be doctrinal things we can teach, theological things we can teach, but we don't understand God fully. But he has revelation that he's given to you and me that you might understand who he is so that you might live a life for the Lord Jesus Christ. He's trying to get you to meet him and to fall in love with him. Well, John says he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Do you want your sin taken away today? Your sin's what weighs you down. Your sin's what drags you under. Your sin what makes you depressed. Your, uh, gives you anxiety. Sin will do all kind of nasty things to your life. You go, I don't know what's wrong with my life. Well, just expose your life to the Word of God and see what God says about it. Say, Holy Spirit, if you want, if you want a challenge today and you can't figure out what's wrong with your life, you can't figure out what's wrong with your marriage, you can't figure out what's wrong with your studies, you can't figure out what's wrong with your bank account, just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, show me, please, where I'm in error. And guess what he'll do? He'll put his finger on it, and then you have to be obedient enough to actually obey what he says to do. The problem is today, we want to fix it. We want to get to Sunday morning, get a little band-aid, and make it to next Sunday. Nobody wants to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're weak, inebriated Christians. We walk around like, I just don't know what to do. The world's asking for questions, like this young lady on Facebook, Kristen, talked about. The world's asking for questions. Uh, they're asking questions. Well, the world, everything's terrible. The border's in crisis. Anybody been to the border in here today? Any of y'all been to the border? As of right now, a couple of you. Have you been to the border recently? You know why I want to go to the border? To share the gospel if we can. COVID, anybody been affected by COVID? Raise your hand. There's more of us than that, right? But here's the deal. Why are people so afraid of COVID? The vaccine does not give you eternal life. 
You may choose the vaccine. You may choose not to take the vaccine. I don't care. It's not my business. You're not part of the problem if you choose it. You're not part of the problem if you don't choose it. You just choose and made a certain decision you're going to make for yourself. Somebody says, well, I don't like that. You're just part of the problem, Pastor. That's not a good medical explanation. Here's the deal. I want to encourage you. There's so many people now getting COVID again after they've already had the vaccine. The vaccine is man-made. It's not from, listen, I think God gave men wisdom and women wisdom to create it. And if you choose to get it, get it. If you choose not to get it, listen, God bless you either way, okay? I'm not here to judge you, but don't judge your neighbor. Why are we losing love over a stupid man-made drug that may and may not work? And it has worked in some cases, and it has not worked in others. Is that true? Y'all know people that had COVID after they got the vaccine? Senator Graham, Lindsey Graham, right? He put out a note, got COVID, had the vaccine. It's not about a vaccine. It's not about a border. It's about trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why people are so crazy about the vaccine? Because they're afraid of death. I'm afraid to die, so therefore, listen, you got to do everything you can not to get me sick so I don't die. Well, guess what I say? I'm ready to go. If it's today, let's go. If it's tomorrow, let's go. I don't care if it's COVID, heart attack, uh, disease, cancer. Listen, if I'm going out, I'm going out on God's calendar date. Do you understand? God has a birth date in his book, and he has a death date for Clint Smith in his book. If it's today, so be it. Glory to God. If it's 100 years from now, listen, I'll live to be an old, 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 old man. So be it to the glory of God. My name is written down in glory. It doesn't matter what the date is that my death is going to happen. You understand? I don't fear death because I know whom I have believed, right? And I am persuaded that he's able to keep me, that he's able to keep me. And nothing shall take me out of God's hand. No COVID, no border, no nothing. Do you believe that today? Listen, then you, your conversations will shift. You understand? Take precautions. Like, if somebody's got COVID, you're like, you better get your behind in quarantine, right? Get away from me because I don't want to try. I don't want to tempt the fate of God. Get away from me. Don't come to my house. And if you get out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you up as soon as you're over there, right? So if you're sick, stay home. I don't care if you have the flu, COVID. I don't care what you got. Snotty nose. Don't come to church. Don't go to public places and give it away. Get some help. Get people to help you. Amen. But the conversation is not about what's current, what's making us whatever, fill in the blank. The conversation is to be, let me tell you about Jesus. Because your neighbors are afraid. And the problem is the church is afraid of dying. Hurry up, get something done, fix this, fix that. There's going to be another something coming along. Y'all know that, right? Man's messing around so much. There's going to be another plague that's coming. There's not something else that's coming. Take care of yourself, but trust Jesus Christ right? He'll see you through. Listen, me and Wendy went through this mess. We were, <laughs> Psalm 23 became like a personal friend of mine. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? Can't breathe, but I will fear no evil. Because why? A rod and thy staff, they covered me. The shepherd's taking me through. If the shepherd takes me through, I'll praise him. If the shepherd takes me out, I'll praise him. Amen? Amen? That's how we should live our life, that we know Jesus we take care of ourselves as best we can, yet we trust him. Though bad things come, we trust him. Though good things come, we trust him. Amen? We're not going to get through this sermon. See, it's my first day back. Let me finish. Let me go quicker. I don't even know where I was. I got so excited. Here we go. Verse, thir uh, verse 32, And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but... 
He who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he, Jesus, who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now we're going somewhere, right? He's not just talking about water baptism for repentance of sins now. Now he's talking about being baptized by the Holy Spirit. And he said, I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. Some people say, well, I don't believe John's testimony. Because some people in John's time was teaching this. Oh, yeah, the Spirit of Christ came upon the man Jesus. But at the crucifixion, the Spirit of God left him. He was not God, the man. He was just God. He was just, he was just man. Well, that's a false teaching. Jesus was 100% God, and he was 100% man at the same time. You say, well, I don't understand that. Put yourself a note, ask God when you get to heaven. I don't fully understand it either, but I believe it because there's no other way that actually we can have salvation except that it was a perfect person, a perfect human that would take away the sins of the world. Because if you and me died, we were imperfect, sinful beings. We would just have been a dead man or dead woman dying for other dead men, dead women. There was a perfect God, holy God. God came down. God lived among us. He was among us. Emmanuel, God went to the cross. God said it was finished. And God said, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is Jesus who we're talking about. We so desperately today at Town Creek Baptist Church want you to meet Jesus. Those who are watching by internet, they're watching by Facebook and watching by YouTube. We want you to meet and know Jesus. Those who are here today, those that are traveling, listening by phones, we want you to meet and know Jesus. That's the whole purpose. Town Creek Baptist Church exists to seek, serve, and share Jesus. That's our purpose. Well, let's get into what is, let's finish this up. There's some good stuff. The whole, we're never going to get to the book of John. All of us will probably die before we finish John, at least me. This is a good book, y'all. You're going to be theologically rich if you stay with us through this whole study because there's some good stuff. Not because of me, because of the word that John wrote down. He says again, verse 35, and again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus, he walked and, and he said, behold, the Lamb of God. And here's the good news about these two boys, pretty smart fellas. Uh, the two disciples heard him speak. They heard John, and then they followed Jesus. Is that a smart thing to do? I hope that you hear me preach this morning that Jesus loves you so much. And you know, well, that's what gets me excited. I want you to turn after you hear the gospel message. Listen, I want you to hear and turn and follow Jesus. That's my whole goal. If you don't hear anything else I want you to see, I want you to meet him and follow him because he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's the Son of God who came to say, I will give you eternal life. It is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus that loves you and me. If you hear nothing else, hear this preacher say, follow him. He'll make your path straight. Will you have hard times? Oh, yeah, right? Amen? Because we just preached. If, if, if you're of the world, the world loves its own. But if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, trouble's coming from the world, the devil, and your old sinful nature. You've got three enemies going to fight you. So we understand, listen, my nature, my tendency is to go back to the old ways because the old ways made me feel good. The old ways took away my problems. And we know that's not true because you wake up the next morning and they're compounded because you got less money. You feel stupid because you made some bad decisions. Stupid's in the Bible, just so if you can, and parents and other kids are in here today. The old way is not, won't satisfy you because it didn't satisfy you back in the old day, right? It just got you by. Jesus is trying to take away your sins. Jesus is trying to take away your problems. Say, listen, give them to me. Now, when you give them to me, what happens? Your sin, your troubles, they get cut. It's like marriage. You got somebody there to help you. But you also got somebody there to double and triple your joy. In the good times, you praise him. Anybody ever get your praise on at home or in your car? 
I punch the ceilings on every time my poor car's got dents in the ceiling because I want to praise him and I, I forget how short Wendy's old car is. I don't get a new car. It's her. I always get hand-me-downs. And I hadn't punched the new one. I got more headroom in her car and the new one. But uh, her old car got dents in it. When you just just praising the Lord, right? Because and I'm sitting in a car at traffic lights. If some of you see me, I'm not shadow boxing nothing. I'm just praising God because can't get the window down fast enough to get my hand up high enough, right? Because He's worthy. We sang this morning. Worthy means He's worth. He's worth my praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Let me get through your notes because I'm just going to read them. You think these old boys are smart? They heard John talk about Jesus, and what they do? They turn and follow Jesus. Hey, where are you staying, Jesus? They met Jesus, and they wanted to stay with him. All right, let's get to your notes really quick. I'm going to rapid fire you here. John the Baptist was, here's the trivia statement. He was an Old Testament prophet in the New Testament, right? Written in our New Testament books. What brought about the New Testament? Remember, the Old Testament is the Old Covenant. Old Testament, Old Covenant means the blood of animals, lambs, bulls, turtle doves to cover our sins. The New Testament or the New Covenant is the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He came to die on a cross that he might remove our sins. Do you understand the difference? Covering your sins, removing your sins. Jesus came to take away our sins. So in the Bible, our Bible split Old Testament, New Testament. John the Baptist is the first prophet in over 400 years to Israel. There's been a quiet time. There's been nothing being said. And lo, lo and behold, he comes preaching. He's dressed. I'm not going to be able to read the scriptures. I'm going to give them to you. He's dressed in camel's hair and a leather belt. He's preaching, repent, right, for the kingdom of uh, heaven is at hand. Because we talked about it months ago. How was the kingdom of heaven at hand? Who was walking around on, on dirt? King Jesus. So wherever the king is, that's where the kingdom is, right? Why, is Jesus walking the earth today? Well, where is he walking? In the spirit of Christ, he's walking through you and to me. We are kingdom builders. We're supposed to be kingdom members building the kingdom of God. No matter what your job is in life, or if you have a job, your job, your first priority, students, young people, older people, your first priority is to build the kingdom. And how do you build the kingdom? You introduce people who are non-kingdom people to the King Jesus. Hey, come meet Jesus. He's going to take away your sins. You have problems. You're going to go through life because you will live this life. But come meet the King. That's how we build the kingdom. Introduce our family and friends. He fulfilled the words that were prophesied about him in Isaiah 43 through 5. Go back and read that for yourself. John was part of God's master plan of salvation. Jesus recognized John's role in a great... Uh, God's great story by, uh, by being baptized by John and by acknowledging John's obedience. Jesus bragged, if you read Matthew 7, Jesus brags on John. He even says this, there's never been a greater man born of woman than John the Baptist. That's a pretty good brag, isn't it, from God? If God says that, you think that's pretty important? I do as well. He brags, so Jesus in the right way brags on John. We know that John obviously came through. He was a hardcore preacher, right? Called John the Baptist. We, that's us Baptists. We like to claim him as our own. It wasn't because he was a Baptist. He wouldn't know. It was, it was because he was a baptizer, right? And he got the nickname or got picked up the word John the Baptist. But we'll still claim him because we're Southern Baptists. We'll say he was a Southern Baptist. Amen? Amen. All right, look, I want you to see this. John wanted all of the attention on Jesus. He did not suffer. And that's today's. Uh, sermon title, No Identity Crisis Here. John didn't have an identity crisis. Heard this week that college transcripts now are saying, 
uh, male, female, or other. Can I just say something to you? You don't need to go to college if you check other. Just check yourself into a, we, we need to open up Bull Street again in Columbia. The insane asylum. People are crazy. Other. He said, well, people feel that way. If you feel like a duck, start quacking. Listen, it doesn't make you a duck. Do you understand? Had a kid this week just keep quacking at me. Not a duck. Y'all, intelligentsia of our society put male, female, other. These are the people who are educated, educating our students. These are the people that are producing doctors and nurses and, and people who actually will sit in rooms and talk to people. If you have an identity crisis, you have a major problem. He said, well, I don't know who I am. Sit down with your mom and dad. You said, my dad's caused part of the problems. And listen, fathers do cause, I would say, a majority of the problems in their children. If you're an absent father, listen, connect with your children. I don't care if you got a bad form of marriage or whatever it might be. Daddy's, you're responsible for your children's well-being. You are the spiritual leader of your household, whether you like it or not. It's time to get off your backsides and get into your responsibility because the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, this King Jesus I'm telling you that loves you is also the King Jesus that's going to judge you and the judgment seat of Christ if you're a Christian or in the great white throne judgment if you're a lost person. He's going to judge you. Judgment day is coming. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Judgment is coming for all of us. He said, well, that makes me afraid. It should. The King of glory is going to stand and judge you. He said, what about my sins as a Christian? Okay, you've been forgiven. That's judgment for a Christian right there, the cross. When you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, now you're going to give an account for everything you say and do and everything you don't say and don't do that he, he told you to do. We're still going to have an accountability. There'll still be tears in heaven because the Bible says he'll wipe away all of our tears. But if you're a lost person today, listen, you're taking it on the chin. For, guys, when I was thinking of death, thinking about hell, a million, billion, trillion you add the years. It never ends. If you think you're so brilliant, that you're so strong, you're so intellectually challenged, listen, or not challenged, hell never ends. Do you understand? Love is waiting. Jesus is waiting. Meet me. I'm trying to save your soul from your sins and from, for eternity. And people say, I don't believe it. If you don't believe it, listen, take the word of God. Just read what he says. You will pay judgment for eternity. Trillions and trillions of years. It's not like some stopping point in the future. Do you understand? Hell is still hot. And you're going to pay the price and pay the price and pay the price and pay the price. It will never stop. There's the stopping point for us today. If you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he says, I take it all. It is finished. He finished the work. Back to you dads. Dads, listen. Grandpas, listen. Uncles, listen. You're responsible. Get out there and share with everybody that you know. He said, well, they don't want to talk about it. Talk about it anyway. Be that uncle. Uh, be that daddy. Be that stepdad. Be whatever you are. The one that talks about Jesus. When you run into him, he's going to tell you about Jesus. What do you expect of me when we have a conversation? I hope that you expect me to tell you about Jesus. He said, Pastor, I just don't feel good today. I know what that feels like. I don't feel good a lot of times, right? But when you do feel good, what should you talk about? Jesus. Your fingers can talk, right? I've seen some Facebook posts that I shouldn't have seen, and I've got to deal with some people. 
after this week that put some junk on Facebook that's members of this church or members of our school. We have a grievance policy at this church. If you've got a problem, you take it up with leadership. If you've got a problem in our school, you take it up with the people. And these are not people members necessarily of our church. Some are, some aren't. But if you put it out there on Facebook for the world to see, and you made me your friend on Facebook, I'm going to hold you accountable. But I expect all y'all to do the same thing. If you're a teenager, hey, you shouldn't talk like that, man. I don't, unfriend you. I don't want to hear your trash. If you're a young student or you're an adult, don't talk to me like that. I love Jesus. I want Jesus to be promoted to Town Creek Baptist Church. I want Jesus to be promoted to Town Creek Christian Academy. We want Jesus first. Amen? You can fill in the blanks. But some of you are going to get a call this week. All right? If you're watching, I'm going to call you just so you know. We're going to have a visit. The Pharisees sent official messengers to John the Baptist to ask him who he was. John fearlessly proclaimed Jesus as Lord to his culture and culture's leadership. Boy, you should go read Matthew 3, 1 through 12. We put it, it's not in your notes. Matthew 3, 1 through 12. I'm not going to have time to read it, but go back and read that. That's powerful what Matthew says about John the Baptist. I mean, it's a smack you in the face, powerful. All right? John did not take up upon himself any title except the one God gave him through the prophet Isaiah. He said, I am a messenger. I am the voice of one shouting in the wilderness. May Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. John used scripture and the moving of the Holy Spirit to identify who he was. That's a prophetic word. Amen? Can I give you a prophetic word today? Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a prophetic word, right? That's a future tense. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Go share that prophetic word with somebody today. You can be saved if you call upon the name of Jesus. Here, I put a keynote on mine. I, I marked key and circled it. John's lifestyle put the message of Jesus first. John was busy eating grasshoppers and honey. Anybody want to take a snack of that? That's healthy. John was healthy, right? He's eating his proteins and getting his sugar on, right? Mm. John strongly taught he was he baptized with water. God revealed to him the Son of God would baptize with the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about this next week. Mark 1, 1 through 8. That scripture, mark that down. If you want to read a little bit more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Mark 1, 1 through 8. Jesus came to give us eternal life. Here's a note. John was able to see with spiritual eyes. John identified publicly Jesus as the Lamb of God. He introduces us to Passover in chapter 2, by the way. That's, this sets up chapter 2. John introduced the multitudes to Jesus and finally, we've already said this, the two disciples heard John and followed Jesus. Hear me say this, the sermon today, not in an insulting way. John had no identity crisis. John knew who, who he was in relationship with God. God revealed to him who Jesus was. John's job was to help people meet Jesus. That was his job. People meet Jesus. Jesus, Lamb of God, meet Jesus. That's your job and my job. Hey, friend, family, coworker, meet Jesus. Does that sound hard, complicated? Pastor, I'm so afraid. Get over yourself because he said he's with you. Meet Jesus. Amen? I'm so afraid of sharing the gospel. Get over it. Just stop it. Just stop. Put the brakes on. It's like going fast. I'm fastly afraid of sharing Jesus. Just pick your foot up. Put it on the brake and stop it. Amen? And share Jesus. That's our responsibility. Here's a question. Do you know who you are in relationship with God? Are you firm in your belief of who you are with God? Do you see your life through spiritual eyes? You have a spiritual life. Listen, you can look at things, uh-uh, that ain't right, because the Bible says that's not right. Not because of my opinion. The Bible says that's not right, therefore it ain't right. 
it, it's not right. I shouldn't say it ain't because school's getting ready to start back, right? Have you personally met Jesus? That's my question. Do you know that you know that you know so that your knowledge replaces your fear? I don't fear death. I thought I was going there <laughs> last couple of weeks, me and Wendy and I both, right? Going together. We don't fear death. Why? Because I know who I'm living, right? He's able. The Lord Jesus Christ, he's able. I'm persuaded he'll keep me in this life and the life hereafter. Amen? That's the God that we serve. That's the Jesus I wish you would meet and fall in love with and have a personal love relationship with him because he loves you. He wants to take away your sins, not just, not just move them. He wants to take them away, and he wants you to live holy for him. And before I leave, I got on daddy's pretty hard today. Mama's, it's your responsibility as well. You are to submit, the Bible says, graciously as unto your own husband, as unto the Lord. You say, you don't know my husband. I do know the Lord. Because remember, unto your husband, as unto the Lord. Your husband might be crazy than a bull bat, right? He said, well, well, now we've been divorced, okay? If you're remarried, your, your new husband is your, your, the one you submit to. Your ex-husband is going to give an account, right? We must do as Christians what we're called to do by God. Marriage is a picture of Jesus and his bride. Don't forget that. When people see you and your wife, men, you're supposed to look like Jesus. Wives, you're supposed to look like the church of God. When people see you, they say, well, those people just, they, they love Jesus. That's what they're going to see from it. And it shows the keeping power of God. Amen? So listen, you know whether if you're single, divorced, married today, live as unto the Lord. Take it to him and say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. He'll say, I'll help you. All you got to do is lay it before him today. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, Lord, we thank you that we can meet Jesus. Not just in a, a very broad doctrinal way in church and reading a, a, a book. But, Father, you promised that you would actually come into us to live with us forever through the power of the Holy Spirit. That, Lord, you can teach us who you are and we can walk day by day in strength and knowing who you are. We love you and thank you for loving us. We ask you, Lord, to give us that understanding, those who don't and, Lord, those who do, that we would preach it and we would share Jesus without fear. Help us to come to that place. If there's anybody in this room, anybody watching by television or computer or wherever way, that, Lord, they would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They would meet Jesus for the first time today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.